0: So good evening to everyone. Thanks so much for your presence, your patience, and everything. So, <clears throat> today we are in our sixth meeting concerning the, the theories of lectures that we have been discussing this last week, or a little bit more, connected to the Sri Padishan Brita, by Goswami. <clears throat> so, yesterday we were discussing a little bit the um, fifth fifth verse, sixth verse, sorry, sixth okay. verse, and today in our sixth sixth class we will be speaking about the seven and eighth verse. But we will make a brief brief review of what we were seeing yesterday for the ones who were not able to <coughs> to be present with us. So. Basically, verse number six had to do with the importance, the importance of becoming, as Swami Maharaj mentioned, gunagrahi, basically being mainly attentive to the gunas, in this case to the virtues that are surrounding a person. Everyone has something good, everyone has something to teach us, at least they can teach us what we should not be doing, <laughs> but everyone is a guru in that sense. So we should be able to grasp something positive in every single case. So Sri Rupa Goswami especially mentioned that when approaching a Vaishnava, we should be very careful not to just become stuck in so-called physical or psychic imperfections that may be there as part of his her nature. But if the person is properly duly engaged in Bhakti, all those things will rather disappear in time or remain in time and become an ornament you know, <laughs> on the new transcendental character of that particular personality you know? so that can happen as well so we gave some famous examples in this regard, Sanatan Goswami as we were singing today in the morning Sanatan Palana, Mahaprabhu protected Sanatan from himself, he wanted to throw himself under the rathayatra cart, and Mahaprabhu talked a very big lesson through Sanatan to us, about the the importance of keeping with our body in a very <clears throat> serious way as part of our seva and not as our property, but but as an extension of the will of the Supreme Lord that wants to express itself through us. Mm-hmm. So we should look at our in those in those terms. This is property of the Lord and through this property He will do whatever He likes. So, I mean, I have just to... Honor that it's not mine anymore it has never been mine but now i'm aware of that so <clears throat> of course at the end we and rupa give, gave this nice analogy with the ganges water that even though we may see some imperfections in the ganges actually their its waters are always transcendental and imperfections are the imperfections floating in the ganges water <laughs> when the ganges water is something different mm-hmm. so we never really merge one thing to the other so if one Bhaiṣṇava is sincerely engaged in bhakti even though some mud spots may be floating you know, around his bhakti you know, uh, side we should pay more close attention to the bhakti side that eventually will you know, capture everything and it's already in the process of doing that as also yesterday quoted Vishwanashakabharti Thakur and his famous mention about uh, the devotee being haunted 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 by rasa from the very beginning in some form or other the haunting has started <laughs> so as much as we become free from aparad that this verse has a lot to do with that being cautious about not engaging in that aparad the haunting will become more and more successful no? and meanwhile if anyone may exhibit some defect, imperfection even considerable imperfections as we spoke yesterday disaster-like imperfections <laughs> no? if, though, if all those things are expressing themselves in the context of the sincere embrace on the, of the path of bhakti that disaster will be, as we also quoted charming disaster no? the other we had the opportunity of hearing one artistic performance with one group called charming disaster no? so it's a good name even for before Playing because if you will do a disaster, the name already invokes compassion from the audience. (laughs) But they were really good. But the name was, and we connected this all this with the whole concept, also Krishna Lila, Nara Lila, how Krishna, in in itself, in himself, in his way, of course, is a disaster. For just, you ask Yashoda, no, he's a disaster, breaking everything, stealing, but charming, disaster, charming, disaster. So the most important word there is charming, non disaster. If charming is there, you put whatever second word you want after charming. Disaster, or you fill the line with everything, but if it's charming there, that's the most important. Everything can be harmonized, that's the point, that's the point. So if a devotee embraces the path of bhakti, which is really charming, I mean, it's charming Krishna Himself, who is Himself charm personified. <laughs> no? So the bhakti is so charming even for Him that if some devotee enters in touch with that. I mean, we should see that part of the charm, not the charming, the disaster part that still may remain, but the charming part that is you know, gradually becoming more and more charming and making even the disaster again, charming disaster. No? So, so we do do not need to take off the disaster part we just need to add the charming part (laughs) disaster may even remain and become eventually an ornament in the context of bhakti as we spoke yesterday because we are speaking that our path is about unconditional love so you can be disaster but still you will be loved no matter how defects are there not as an excuse to remain imperfect of course but to become uh, uh, inspired not to tread the past and so on so so Krishna is charming no matter which is the second word that follows it and if we embrace bhakti we also be charming for the all charming one no matter which word follows after that and he makes this very clear in the Bhagavad Gita his two famous verse 30 and 31 chapter 9 maybe the most controversial slokas of the whole Gita etc and the second the next one and so on. And Krishna is saying, even if you behave really badly but you are surrendered to me, for me that person is a saint and and the second verse he says, O Arjuna declare very strongly that whoever glorifies basically my devotee will become very soon Dharmatma, very pious person. So basically Krishna they're saying, I love my devotees, as once Guru Mara said. Krishna says, I love, my, I love my devotees. I don't know anyone else apart from them. Even if they behave wrongly, I still love them. And, and I don't see any defects they are committing. And if you glorify their misbehavior, my attention will go to you. <laughs> and Guru Maharaj says, this is madness. <laughs> and Krishna is mad of love after his devotee after his (laughs) bhakti so he's seeing these charming things here Mm -hmm. so basically yesterday we were speaking about that in this verse number six which in one sense has to do with according to my limited perspective with the stages like nishta at least that require certain eye certain maturity and certain criteria in order to separate between form and essence when approaching Vaishnavs, because most probably before Nishtha, we won't be too, that too much concerned about properly approaching Vaishnavs, establishing proper relationship with each one. All this was established already in the previous verse, in the fifth verse, so now he's, in the sixth verse, he was dealing about how to deal with the so-called imperfection that may come even in an Bhakta. Even the Bhakta, how to do if that appears, huh? as, as we say yesterday. Maybe it appears. Maybe it's appearing here and just whew, projecting into the environment. So different considerations are there. So now in verse number seven today, if time uh, accompanies me, I will go through verse number seven and eight, hmm? which also go kind of come together. Hmm? and here we will feel that the, the, the discourse of Srila Rupa Goswami starts to take to new, how do say, heights. Huh? above, some Nishtha is there but you will feel some Ruchi some ashakti. I don't want to establish a theory that the Upadeshamrita is presenting all the stages, verse after verse and not Bhakti Notakur to do that as he did with Sishas, Sikshastakam but clearly some things like this we, we will be able to appreciate hmm? so verse, let's go with verse number 7 it says like this Shap <laughs> Krishna no macharitadisitapya media, Pitopa tapta sanasya narochi canu, Kintuada radanu dinam kalu saiva justa, Swadrikram adhava titadga namula hantri. <clears throat> so translation says like this Aho. Those whose tongues are afflicted by the jaundice of Abidya, or, in other words, those who are afflicted by the ignorance born of being indifferent to Sri Krishna from a time without beginning, cannot relish the nectarian names, forms, qualities and pastimes of Sri Krishna, which are compared to the sweetest sugar candy. Instead, these attributes taste bitter to them. But if with great faith, One regularly takes this sugar candy of chanting and hearing the transcendental names, form, qualities and pastimes of Sri Krishna, it gradually becomes relishable to him and destroys at the root his disease, the jaundice of avidya or indifference to Sri Krishna or indifference to Sri Krishna. In other words, he becomes spontaneously attached to Sri Krishna. No. So <clears throat> here we find a second famous analogy given by Rupa Goswami, the John this analogy, that is this sickness that afflicts the tongue. So when you have to want to taste some rasa gula or whatever, some sweet, it tastes bitter. So that's a very heavy karma, <laughs> <laughs> at least. For the ones who like sweets, (laughs) if sweets will taste bitter, oh, that's really almost some new planetary system, hellish planetary system to go, an ocean of bitterness, (laughs) ocean of gulab jamun. But you try them, Uh, they're bitter. That's really heavy. So, but it's to say that even heavier is the treatment for that. That is to eat sweets. (laughs) So imagine the very first part of the treatment will taste not so sweet, but eventually, gradually gradually you will, you will see this word very much present in this and next verse krama or kramena tongue uh, recovers, no? uh, recovers uh, its capacity to taste the specific flavors in this, in this case the sweetness so the comparison is done with the sweet name of Krishna I would say the other day maduram maduram akilam maduram the holy name of Krishna is sweetness personified mm? Balabhucharis say Madurani pateya Maduram. This song that has all the qualities of Krishna connected to the idea of Maduram. Maduram, Maduram. Everything in you is sweet. Your smile, your sweet, your glance, your flute, your play, your cows, your cowherds, your cowherd girls, your name. Your, whatever you look at, your every atom Maduram, Maduram. So, if you have diabetes, be careful. Do not get so close to this Maduram, Maduram. It can be too much. <laughs> but the idea here is the contrast is being given no, the holy name of Krishna is sweetness personified more powerful, more merciful than Krishna himself more sweet For in that case but maybe we are feeling this name is bitter no, we do not feel haunted by the sweetness of Sri Harinam so it means jaundice is there but which type of jaundice? Srila Rupa Goswami calls it abidya hmm? abidya literally means lack of education we may say ignorance, but we may don't have the idea of what's ignorance. No? We may feel insulted. You say I'm ignorant. But you say lack of education. I mean, if, we, if, if I say to you, you have lack of education regarding being an architect, well, you won't feel insulted. You will say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you are an architect, maybe you feel insulted. But if not, you say, yeah, I have lack of education And as Guru Maharaj say, when did la- that lack of education begin? No point of beginning. If you don't know, as the other day he was saying, if you don't know how to speak Portuguese, there's no point of beginning to that ignorance, if you will. Anadi. So the same way, our lack of education as we will speak now has to do with being properly informed about who we are, who is Krishna, what's his name, and what's the connection between all of this and Banga. So this verse is depicting the practitioners called as ajata ruchi sadakas which means the practitioners who have no taste ajata means non-born and ruchi means taste so a sadaka practitioner who has not reached the stage of ruchi is called ajata ruchi he may be in whatever stage below ruchi (laughs) but in this case it's more connected to the just previous chapter to ruchi, which will, will will be nishta which are when you are practicing you know, with certain balance. Of course, certain taste is there, but we have to understand what taste means literally as a stage in bhakti. It's really taste. You know? <laughs> when as this one mentions in ruchi, you become fully attached to the practice of bhakti, and asakti, next stage, you become fully attached to the object of the practice of bhakti. In a particular way, in a particular flavor, your eternal identity will start to you know, become manifest. Because you have attachment for Krishna. So attachment as we say the other day, is the foundation of our identity, whether material or spiritual. So it's logical that at the stage of asakti in spiritual terms, a new identity starts to like to dawn, you say, <laughs> to blossom. So, Srila Jiva Goswami mentions this, this concept of Ajata Ruchi Raga Nuga Bhakti. We can practice Raga Bhakti, Bhakti, uh, passionate Bhakti, without attachment, without taste. It may sound a little oxymoron-like, but there's a place for that. No? When we practice this sense of spontaneous devotion, but without so much taste, there's a place for Bidhi, or the rules assisting our Raga. Uh, baby, <laughs> and gradually enter into the stage of jata ruchi, you know, having real ruchi for all this. So, here Bainly is dealing with the case of that, with has, that person who has not arrived to a taste for the holy name. And to have a taste for Trinam means you don't have basically a taste for anything else. <laughs> or whatever you have a taste is all in connection to that main taste. So, we can also compare, although it's a different stage, but the spirit of the prayer, very similar to the second verse of Sikshastakam, when Mahaprabhu is saying, oh, so much is invested in this divine sound, but, Durdaiva Mihajani Nanuraka. Nanuraka, no? okay, Ajata Nanuraka, no? I have no attachment, I have no taste for the Holy Name. So, healthy uh, remorse is there. There is place for that. It's necessary to have healthy remorse, healthy, no? but remorse. I mean, <laughs> if there's no remorse, there is no progress. I mean, because if you really sincerely compare the greatness and sweetness and, and, and magnanimous disposition of Sri and your lack to, of attraction for that, there will be some. There should be some type of interesting remorse there that will create more eagerness to. In a natural way to get closer to that sound. Hmm? So, <clears throat> in this verse, actually it is described how to properly, uh, culture our chanting of Srinam with Sambandha Gyan. Hmm? Because as we say, our jaundice, our, the cause for our lack of taste, jaundice, is called abhidya. Now abhidya means vidya knowledge, Abidya, no knowledge, or as I said, lack of education so education for us means sambandha gyan so for us to have a taste in the chanting our chanting should be properly educated <clears throat> properly guided by what we call sambandha gyan that knowledge that will teach us how everything how in everything lies a connection with krishna sambandha means that Banda means linked and sam means everything so, sambanda is the knowledge that shows you how everything is in connection with Krishna. How everything has actually an inherent connection, potentially of speaking with Krishna. Mm-hmm. So, when you're really awake to that reality, I mean, you won't be able to see anything in other terms, in another term. So, Abhideya will be the natural outcome of receiving proper Sambandha. And Abhideya means bhakti. Avideya means I move in the world seeing everything as a Shakti of Bhagavan and using everything in his service. Because that's what I was informed about during the Sambanda lesson, if you will. (laughs) Everything included you is a Shakti of Bhagavan. So you should move in the world, and whatever you may be, in those terms. So that's what we call Bhakti, basically. Recognizing the sovereignty. As Srihari, and you know, we locating ourselves in our proper role in that regard. You know? So basically, as much as we do that, as much as our chanting is informed by that knowledge, we will act accordingly, and lack of education will become education. jaundice will become sweetness. You know? Ignorance will become enlightenment, if you will, and eventually, as the verse says. Nam will unfold himself, if you will, in, the, in, the, in, in, in a whole level of layers. Nam, guna, rupa, lila. The sound will take us to the form of Krishna, qualities of Krishna. Lila of Krishna will become qualified to live in that realm, to enter into that world. All that through sound. So, of course, we have to have faith. That all that's happening is not just I'm trying trying to sell you a product, no? <laughs> but it's real. I mean, the, the people from the other side have told us that, have revealed, have come here and say of what's going on on the other side of the of the fence, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. So through Nam, everything will come. Nam is Chintamani So Chintamani means whatever you ask to Sri Hari Nam, that will come. So be careful. What are you asking? <laughs> Sambanda is for that for knowing what to expect in the proper way what to ask or what not to ask if we are to ask something so but we should have faith in that because if I say you just chanted mantra whatever you ask it will come and you may say no, it's too easy I, won't, I don't believe that so that immediately disqualifies you. <laughs> and, and you and of course nothing will happen because you yourself do not believe the whole thing so we are maybe in the process of really, through proper education, develop faith. Nurturing our faith. That's what we call Shraddha, Shastriya Shraddha. The increasing of our faith, as we spoke the other day, has to go hand by hand with the increasing of our proper knowledge about how to proceed. How to conceive, how to proceed. Sambandha, how to conceive. Sabideya, how to proceed. so those things should be in place day after day so what else Uh, well basically this is the main point that this verse wants to make Abidya Uh, it's not speaking about any other problem sometimes in this present world we find so many problems or so-called problems I would say like I don't know Environmental crisis, that's the one of the moment. (laughs) Gender issues and political stuff, rapings, thievery. So many problems, but actually all of them are not problems. Hmm. All of them are symptoms of the problem. (laughs) Of the problem. And the problem is abidya. If you really uproot abidya, there are no more problems because that was the problem <laughs> all the other things are symptoms so if you try just to relieve the symptom but the problem is still there i mean you may try to relieve that but will appear here you go there relieve that and will appear here and we, you are, we will spend the whole life and lifetimes that's what we call samsara. that's what we are trying to do running here and there trying to solve one problem trying to solve another problem but another new one is coming and when you finally solve that Oh, I will take rest <laughs> <laughs> because root Abhidya is there still I don't know who I am what's the world what's everything around me hmm? so we try to go to the root and bhakti for that that's what Sukhadeva Goswami said to Parekshi no? um, how is the, the next, next line I will forget the third line uh basically. Uh, after you know this section with when Sukhadev describes hellish planets and Pareksi Maras asks how to for people to avoid that and he first Sukhadev tests his student answering through karma, through jnan, and Sukadev say no. Hey, sorry, Pareksi say no, no. Sukadev say okay, my bhakti, and he says this verse. Which says, implies, Ivadumvanti karshenam is, by bhakti, kevalaya keval bhakti, pure bhakti, avidya is uprooted from, well, uprooted, from the very root. <laughs> so that's the only way to really stop with all this situation, problematic stuff. No? So, so it's very important to uproot avidya, to go, not just to take care of the symptom, that's not the end solution, the ultimate solution. So because of that we've mainly said there's only one problem and that's, that's, you know, you don't know who you are, you don't know who everything else is. But when you become informed about that, eventually everything becomes in place. Srila hmm? Prabhupada translates that in his, in his commentary as durasraya. Durasraya which means false shelter. Abhidya represents a false shelter vidya represents real shelter real uh, yeah real conception so durashraya means Prabhupada also will say to have hope in the impossible basically that's the conception of that's another definition of madness if you will einstein said that madness means you try something and it doesn't work and you over and over again try the same thing in the same direction, hoping someday it will work. Now, even if that, it didn't work to anyone in, he, in the history of humanity. <laughs> so that's what we officially call madness. Now, so Abidya can take us in that direction. Actually, we do not become mad from one day to the other. We gradually start to become officially mad until we receive our... How do you call this in English? Straight journey. Straight journey. Okay. Well, till that day officially comes and you are uh, officially (laughs) 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 sent to the proper place to the proper shelter (laughs) but everything began one day some years ago something like this so we should be understanding what happens with a considerable lack of education is there eventually turns into real madness and when proper knowledge is there eventually turns into a type of madness as well we call divine love so the goal of life is to become mad somehow or other if you don't reach that goal you will become another type you will reach another type of madness <clears throat> also Srila Prabhupada in his in his commentary to this verse says that ignorance or lack of education perverts the capacity for relishing yes. because here we are speaking about the jaundice issue, example so you want to relish reality, you want to give a bite a bite? Yeah, you, come to, you want to bite to taste reality, but if you are under the shelter of a of or false shelter, it will taste bitter. You want to taste yourself, and it's bitter yet because we are not properly aligned with reality. And the goal of life is to relish reality. Jignashashvadam, says Thakur. the goal of all inquiry is Ashwadam, to relish. Of course, not in an exploitative way, but to relish in the context of surrender, Seva, loving, dedication. That's real relish. and That's real tasting, basically. But all of this should happen, as I said before, in a gradual way. And here Rupa Goswami will use this word Krama or Kramena. In this verse and in the other verse, krama, Krama, which means... Uh, step by step, mm-hmm. because he's trying to prevent. He knows we may hear all this. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. Let's let's t- let's put John this out. Uh, let's taste the sweetness of the holy name. Yes. In quotes, gradually. fools mm-hmm. uh, false rush where angels fear to tread. Uh, we'll no? so <laughs> we should be as we spoke in the third verse. is be enthusiastic, have determination, be patient, <laughs> because everything, well, not so, so extremely patient that you are just waiting for a miracle and you are doing nothing, no? you have to have eagerness, longing, you have to be properly engaged, but also understanding the the, the size of the goal <laughs> and the size of our lack of education still present, we should also be realistic and patient in that regard so <clears throat> so in this sense gradually as much as we advance we will chanting in a much more uh, mood close to this lack of this idea that he's being given no? Rupa Goswami here and a lot of sweetness there it is say that sometimes mainly in Bhakta since we spoke about them some classes ago the, the neophyte devotee mainly will chant with considerable lack of education, so his chanting will be more closely to nama parad, if you will. I mean, there's chanting, but there's a big, like, presence of offense because of lack of proper education. It may take in that direction. As the Patu mentions mentioned, sthita No, I mean, not not having proper knowledge of tatwa it's an art in itself, and it can take which is also considered an, an art of the Bhakti Nod mm-hmm. he is mainly chanting what we may call Namavas but what Bhakti Nod will call Shraddha no? which means you are making the best of your effort to avoid Bhakti Nod and sometimes you may incur in that but you are really taking care of not doing that basically so that's another category in itself if you will that Bhakti not calls Shraddhanamavas. And well, of course, an utam bhakti, in general terms, I'm speaking. No? Of course, there are many nuances in the in the middle. It's more connected to the idea of, of shuddhanam. So here, Rupa Goswami is mentioning, just closing this verse, the importance of taking. For, he gives example of the medicine. No? He's speaking about jaundice and treatments and all this stuff. So he says, the Vedas say this I'm always. You may be sick and you have to take some medicine. You may not know and not have an idea of what's the content of the medicine but if you are taking it will cure you even though you don't know what's this no? but you you should have some of course this is not an excuse to not have some bandagyan again but the point here is in this particular case you have to take the medicine uh, how to say
1: Regularly.
0: constantly regularly yeah day after day after day no? because if not just so here Rupa Goswami is mentioning this idea (coughs) chanting in a in a regular way kirtaniya sadahari will say mahaprabhu which means constantly Sadā. this verse implies nishta nishta means a permanent effort or sacrifice to sustain our practice and to of course exhibit the qualities mentioned in this third verse Chila Sira Maharaj will say that Nishta is characterized by the constant remembrance of Krishna in some form or, or another. Maybe you are not still immersed in Lila, and in that way I practice my Shmaranam and everything I see throws me into whatever part of the Astakaliya Lila that is that moment. Maybe not so much, <laughs> but whatever is happening to us, we develop the capacity of connecting, you know, creating some links so other, other, some, some bandha. No? And understanding everything is connected to Krishna, hmm? so somehow or other we connect that with with Bhagavan, and that starts to create this hmm, uh, permanent uh, connection. It's not just I'm chanting all day, but my man has goes shopping somewhere else <laughs> <No>? <laughs> It means I may not even I may not be chanting at some moment of the day that happens <laughs> very much, considerable hours every day, but we should be able to maintain the connection that's the main point here so only when we go through this type of stage stage, gradually the Srinam will start to show his real start to show his real face in the sense of sweetness and ruchi Mm -hmm. that will be mainly characterized and described in the next verse Mm -hmm. so we'll go to the next verse or if you have any questions till now We can leave questions for for the end, try to remember them. So let's go to verse number 8, which is a natural um, uh, continuation of this verse number 7. And it's very much connected to the idea of what happens when real taste is there, where the jaundice has been cured, and when Srinam starts to show his real face more and more. This is a famous verse, sometimes translated as the essence of all advice or the essence of all instruction, so the verse is like this Tanamarupacharitadi Sukirtananu Shmitioka Menara Shanama Nasini Yoja Tishambrajatada Nuragi gami Kalamna Yadaki Lamiti Upadishasharam Rupa Goswami says the following. While living in Braj, as a follower of the eternal residence of Braj, who possess inherent spontaneous love for Sri Krishna, one should utilize all one's time by sequentially engaging the tongue and the mind in meticulous chanting and remembrance of Krishna's names, form, qualities, and pastimes. This is the essence of all instruction. To interestingly. Now, this verse speaks about Upadesha Sharam it's another way of saying Upadesha Amrita so this verse gives the name to the book if you will, the book is called Upadesha Amrita or the nectar of instruction or the essence of all advice so Upadesha Sharam Sharam and Amrita are basically like synonymous it represents essence, cream nectar in that line. No? substantial length so in a very like encapsulated way Shala, Rupa Goswami describes here which is the essence of all instruction if he has to give all instruction in a condensed way this is the verse for that <clears throat> so from now on the discourse will start to really take a particular dimension we will see the remaining three verses that we will see next Will basically throw in us to Radhakund, Brindavan, <laughs> Radhakund, and like this. No? So this is creating the, the 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 foundation for all this essence of all advice. No, La Rupa Rukpa is say what he said till now, and it's now like he's saying to us, okay. But if you want me to give you the essence of all advice, this is the essence. No? Like implying whatever I said before. It's essential it's important but actually it's a foundation to this essence that is coming now so basically here he is describing the process of ragavakti. he's speaking about following the footsteps of the ragadmikas the eternal associates of, of krishna so <clears throat> so in this verse in, in different from the previous one in the previous one the devotee was trying to cure him herself from jaundice and tasting sweetness of the name but here sweetness has appeared and the name has thrown the devotee into an ocean a limited ocean of sweetness that there is no 24 hours engagement That was what the verse is saying 24 hours engagement the devotee is 24 hours absolute absorbed in Nam, eventually Rupa, Guna, Lila, etc. (coughs) This is a famous verse of Srila Rupa Goswami that I would say that is maybe the most important um, shloka about the holy name, or one of them, (laughs) subjective opinion. (laughs) Mm. This Firmaswara so said, Tumde Tanda Vini Ratim Vitanute Tundavali Labdhaye Karna Krodha Kadam Vini Ghatayate Karna Cheto Sangini Vijayate Sarvendriya kritim no jane janita khyat viram brithai, Krishna dvai mm-hmm. says here, Oh, says, I don't know how much nectar is here in these two syllables. Krishna. No, no? He speaks of this like in, a, in an intoxicated state. No? Like he's tasting the syllabus. Oh, this is too much. I don't know. This, I'm, this is overflowing myself. Generally we hear that, that Haridas chanted three lakhs every day. But generally we don't hear that Trilarupa Rupa Goswami chanted a particular number of rounds. Because probably he didn't even finish one single round. He said Krish, and passed out. No. <laughs> so, he's lower because he's not chanting the sixteen prescribed rounds, so. But that half sila, that's... Worthy of all the rounds I have chanted during all my life and more. No, so that's the standard of Rupa Goswami. How many chans, rounds you chant? Well, I pass out after half a syllable. Oh wow, that's a real chanting. You are really entering So here in this verse, Rupa Goswami says, No jane janita kiyat I cannot say, I cannot know kiyat viramritai. How much amrita, how much nectar? is in this Krishneti-varnam-dwai, in these two syllables, Krishna. Mm? And he says, tunde tanda velira and so on. When this name enters into the, touches the tip of the tongue, it starts to dance. No? What we generally call chanting Hare Krishna, to be honest, is actually Krishna dancing in our tongue. No? That tongue is a dancing stage. No? Which, I mean, when we are properly prepared and qualified, no? So it's not so much we chanting but he dancing <laughs> he's dancing there so he touched the tips of the tongue and at that moment sila rupa goswami in this moment one decides to have many tongues thousands of tongues because one single tongue for all that nectar that is coming is not enough it's not i cannot do justice to all the nectar with one tongue so rupa goswami he himself described the practice of uttam bhakti which means Ananya Bhakti, Bhakti where I'm not asking for anything in return. Bhakti is its own uh, reward. But Rupa says, if I can ask something, please give me thousands of tongues. <laughs> After that, he says, hmm? when that holy name enters through the whole of the year, it's so much the, the invasion of nectar entering there that one feels. Oh, two years are such an injustice of the Creator. I need so many unlimited years for properly honoring whatever is coming to me. When the Holy Name enters into the courtyard of the mind, it conquers all the activities of the senses, and one becomes totally like, you know, haunted, as Maharaj was quoting. <laughs> So that's the power of, of the name. So in, in connection to this nice verse Guru Maharaj once said, Guru is in the same condition. In that condition Silarupa Rupa Goswami is a desperate person you know, and he's asking for help. And, and another type of help. We are asking for help from the ocean of Avidya. He's asking for help from the ocean of sweetness of <laughs> No. So he asking him for help. Give me some more ears. Give me some more tongues. So disciples are there, and Guru is a similarly desperate person, said Guru Maharaj. So he's desperate because he's tasting so much nectar that is overflow, and two ears are not enough, one tongue is not enough. So we appear on the scene to help him to serve him and extend. His ears become extended in the form of our ears. His tongue becomes extended in the form of his, our tongue so we can offer some relief no, to this transcendental desperate person called the, the sadhu. No. Guru Maharaj once said that's the meaning of um, <clears throat> Krishnanandaya Dhimahi, daily we recite this. What does it mean? What's the ultimate application, if you will, this type of intimate inner service in connection to which is the no, the bliss that is coming from Krishna, that is overflowing the heart of Sri Guru, how to How Dimahi is not just meditating that, oh how nice for us meditation implies bhajan implies seva, implies surrender so how to reciprocate in, in that inner world well, he's desperate so he's asking give me your ears, please that's what Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta once said he said to his disciples I don't want anything for you at all anything, only one thing give me your ears he knew, if you give me your, your, my, your ears, I mean, through the ears, everything. As someone was writing today, no? The word in English, the word heart, includes the word ear. <laughs> and when you put two ears together, it forms like a heart. No? <laughs> like implying through the ear, you can reach the heart properly. No? So Guru is saying, I'm not asking anything, just some little Dakshin, give me your ears, but that's, everything is there. And he needs this type of relief, in the proper way. We are not above him, her, but we should understand how to render, eventually, the type of intimate seva. mm? Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said this very same thing in his famous Vyasa Puja discourse, his last Vyasa Puja discourse, saying to his disciples, where you are, I mean, I'm so indebted to you. You are engaging me in speaking. You are giving me your ears, your mouth, and you are just making me, you know, engaging me in all that, and I can really have some relief. So I'm so indebted to you. He, he gave the whole discourse to express his depth to his disciples. And eventually he said, you are not my disciples. No, <laughs> you are my gurus. <laughs> eventually, in this way. So in this verse, as I said, Srila Rupa Goswami's, in a nutshell, expressing the, the core essence of what's Raghunoga Bhakti about, which means <coughs> reside in Vrindavan and follow with the footsteps of the Vrajavasis, the Ragatmikas, you know, the essential, the, the, the eternal associate of Krishna in the Nitya Parishads, basically. And do it every single day, 24 hours a day, he's saying. You know, so you realize he's, doing, he's presenting a, a higher standard of seva. Manmana, you know, full mind. Abhyarta Kalatwam, as it is mentioned in the Bhava stage. No? I don't want to lose any single moment in in, in in the wrong direction. Maybe this verse not necessarily may speak officially about Bhava Bhakti, but in the, even the previous stages such as Rushi or Shakti, I mean, that idea of Abhyarta Kalatwam becomes more and more prominent. No? That means Abhyarta Kalatwam, I don't want to lose any single second outside of the realm of Bhakti. But it, as a natural thing, not as a fearful paranoia. No? Oh, I will be Maya if I do this. No, no, I, I'm failing to my uh, self-esteem stuff. No, but really passionately, you really want that. You are choosing that. Mm-hmm. So here in this verse again, no? Rupa Goswami started to give a, give a glimpse of a very consuming uh, expression of bhakti, no? which is I mean, 24 hours a day. That's Srila Sera Maharaj will say in his purport. Now, in in non theistic school, we find this level of engagement, 24 hours of full absorption. That's only possible in the Ashtakaliya Seva of Krishna and Brindada, you know, Eight periods of the day and every time of those days, something to do, you know, something to offer, some particular Seva. Or Kirtaniya You know, If you want to to apply the idea of Kirtaniya Sadahari to the ultimate expression, you end up in the Ashtakaliya Lila. Of Krishna Vrindavan, of Gauri Naldiv. No? Kirtaniya Sadahari. No? Every single moment without interruption. to kīya pratihāda. So many of these ideas are there. No? <coughs> and in this verse also, uh, Rupa Goswami, just to finish, he's mentioning the idea of śmaran. Shmaran means remembrance because it's an important limb in, in Raghavakti. But naturally, as we know, will come... Hmm? By the strength of Kirtan, proper engagement, properly proper absorption will come. If we try to just engage us in smart and in an artificial way, I mean, Guru Maharaj was speaking about that... Hmm maybe in Costa Rica. I don't know. I had the fortune to be with him in many places last last month, so I don't remember which was the but. but he said, I mean, you may receive Siddha Deham, you may have your <coughs> new identity, you may meditate on Yasha Lila, but all of us will have to go through the same anartas. I mean, it's not that just you are a gopi, uh, and I mean, it, it doesn't mean you no longer have lust and calm and crooda, love. I mean, you have that as well in the same way that the other one who didn't receive the seed that they had. The point is, all of us have to go through this. And again, Sri Rupa Goswami here mentions again the point, Krama, or Kramen specifically in this case, Kramena. Gradually, gradually you will achieve such a reality. If you want to do Smaranam, Jiva Goswami will say, first do Maranam. A Maranam has full meaning. Maranam means like contemplation, but Maranam, Maranam comes from Mara, which means death. No? So, if you want Smaranam, first Maranam. Die. Ego death. No? Die to live. You want to live in Smaranam reality? Die to the other, other Smaranam that you have here, because we are absorbed in so many nonsense uh, stuff. No? And Smaranam is not only... I will remember something. But it's a function of the mind that becomes absorbed in a particular direction. Smaran, it's not, I will sit and remember, because general remember has to do with something you already experienced. But if you go to the Astakalía Lila, I mean, you were not there yet. If that's not clear, I'm just making it clear. (laughs) So Smaran, mainly because it means a, a function of the mind that gradually becomes absorb in a particular direction by the force of kirtanam, by the force of Stravanam. So because of that we have Stravan, Kirtan, Shmaranam. We don't have Shmaranam, Stravanam, Kirtanam. No, there is a natural way to arrive to all that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Rupa Goswami wants us to to gradually walk in that path, to gradually absorb our hearts and minds in a uh, sustainable way, not in a Sahaja way, not in a uh, how to say, yeah, cheap way, we are not interested in cheap, in being cheap lovers, no? just like, not being able to pay, pay the real price, no? as once one person asks Srila Siddha, Siddha Maharaj, have you seen Krishna? No? This type of question that people sometimes do, have you seen God? Have you seen Krishna? And Srila Siddha, Siddha Maharaj said, uh, he said, the Krishna I want to see, is not cheap. <laughs> i can complain maybe some other people saw krishna but not the krishna i'm interested in <laughs> that krishna has a particular price <laughs> and it may take some time and i'm fully prepared to go through whatever necessary time is there to be gone through but some other people want to see krishna quickly and there may be some process to that and of course a cheap krishna for us is not krishna actually <laughs> So the idea is try not to take these this old higher concepts in a very take that and put them in a low situation and try to just embrace them as we are now you know? many of those things have to be properly you know, respected mm-hmm. As Surya Marsh said that is Bhakti Siddhanta Bani. the real existence of Bhakti Siddhanta is there where Puja Agavata Gura Bhavange so we should take this highest process of raga Bhakti, Bhakti and properly worship that with proper reverence with proper I mean Aishvarya in the sense of proper knowledge proper conception proper distance to really understand what's that and not just run there in a passionate mundane mundane passionate way and embrace that but taking that as a Cheap thing. Well, that's Sahaja. So we are, I mean, Sahaja means something is, Sahaja comes from something natural. So that's not a bad word actually, Sahaja. In the, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the gopis are depicted as being Sahajas. A Prakrita Sahajas. Because Sahaja means someone who has inborn natural love for Krishna. So because of that, Prabhupada Bhakti not say Prakrita sahajyas <laughs> they act as if they have the whole thing in a natural way but that's prakrita that's mundane are they have all that in a way. in a supernatural way they have love for Krishna and we cannot imitate that no? that has to come more and more through proper association and finally he mentions this just to finish the famous point you have to reside in Vrindavan. so the other day I think we spoke a little bit about that also, Rupa Gosain mentions that in Maturabas, Sri Murtir Shradai, say? when you have to live in Vrindavan, you have to perform bhajan there. And you say, well, but I'm in, how is it, Milspring? <laughs> so, Milspring, it doesn't say in, the, in any stroke of the scripture, say Milspring. I, I did research, it's not there. So What to do? I had to go to Vrindavan. <laughs> well, that's not a bad idea, it's nice, but <laughs> sometimes it's not so practical for, for many. So uh, and what's Brindavan also? That's the point. As no? let's let's say Marshall says Brindavan is a state of consciousness. You can take the plane, you can have the ticket, you can even even be there. Hmm. But that's. I remember first time I went to Brindavan. If you allow me one minute for stories, <laughs> first time I went to Brindavan. Of course, no. First time you are like. So we were in the in the car from Delhi airport to Brindavan, a hard car with one Hindu. Uh, driver who I think he was driving for the last three days without sleep basically.
1: <laughs> so he had to
0: stop like three times for taking chai and becoming like <laughs> uh, invigorated. And we were just praying, hopefully he doesn't get sleep and we arrived to Vrindavan literally at least he he, he he hits the car somewhere inside Vrindavan and we die there, no but not in Delhi please. <laughs> So we were in the car and, and I was sitting just back to him and I was seeing his face on the mirror and I was seeing his and I said, oh my god So I started to like to a spontaneous guy <laughs> massage no. Say no 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 massage, kirtan, kirtan. Okay, so we started to make kirtan the whole way from Delhi to and he started to lead the kirtan. No? So I say, you lead the kirtan, no? So you are really okay. <laughs> so he started to lead Kirtan chanting Maha Mantra the Classical melody that Prabhupada instituted, like for hours. And for me, it was nice. I say, well, now in Argentina, this won't happen. No, I say the driver. <laughs> I mean, the driver won't never say to me, "Let's do kirtan." Basically, no. <laughs>
2: <on> the radio.
0: <laughs> so they were. He was singing, singing, and I told to him, "Please tell us, <clears> because we were just about to ar- arrive to Brindavan. So please tell me when we are in Brindavan officially." I was a little bit like. Okay, Vrindavan is in a state of consciousness, but we are just about to enter. I want to know where it's... <laughs> So we were like waiting, no? looking. And eventually he says to me, right now we have entered Vrindavan. And when he says that, on the front of the car, the car was driving quickly, one person ca- appears naked no? and running with eye closed and <laughs> and running just in front of the car without being aware that there was a car we had to stop the car like here so i said okay we are in brindavan (laughs) so that was the first no the first impression okay you are in brindavan like implying this is not cheap thing he was not making a show he was really another he was really in brindavan that's my point of course not everyone in brindavan physically speaking is in Vrindavan. As Guru Mahārāj says, sometimes when Srila Prabhupāda went out, quote-unquote, of Vrindavan, and some people was, were asking them, him, why are you going out of Vrindavan? And Guru Mahal said, the ones who asked that were not in Vrindavan, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they were not understanding that Prabhupāda, instead of going out, he was expanding the limits of Vrindavan, mm-hmm. <laughs> was, was ex- delivering Vrindavan consciousness all around the world. So the other ones who remained quote-unquote, in Vrindavan, they thought that he was going out of Vrindavan. So they didn't really have the grasp of what does it mean to be in Vrindavan. So so you can be in Vrindavan physically, but your mind can be outside of Vrindavan. So if, if that will be the case, the Tara said, better go out of Vrindavan physically, but reside in Vrindavan mentally. That will be a much sure uh, situation, basically. No? So in this regard... The option is given. Jeeva Goswami and other Sacharas comment in <coughs> this way. You can recite physically in Vrindavan or you can reside somewhere else, but Vrindavan is a state of consciousness So as much as you become aligned with the psychology of Braj, with the mindset of its inhabitants and follow into his foot their footsteps, well, as much as you do that, you are a member of the of the gang, if you will, no, the Braj Vasi group. You know? <laughs> and Prabhupada in, in the meaning of this verse he says, to go to Vrindavan and to establish your residence there means you have to take shelter of some someone living there basically no some devote advanced devotee being there that means to be in Vrindavan. so if that advanced devotee may be somewhere else that means to be in Vrindavan. and if you really want to go to Vrindavan, better you go to take shelter of some advanced devotee there because if you just go for yourself you didn't understand what's the meaning of pilgrimage, no? the Bhagavatam says that. No? If you just see the, the rivers and whatever and whatever, Saiva Gokara, no? your mindset is like like an ass no? You're not connecting the the sacred site with the sacred people who are who make the sacred site sacred basically.
1: No? Mm-hmm.
0: So basically we ended speaking about a little bit about Braj and the glories of burnt down as the highest place for Bhajan if you will. Of course now it be none different him so in our next meeting we will go a little bit more in detail in this direction of Brash, of Vrindavan and it's the whole transcendental hierarchy that we will find there and rupa goswami will compare Vrindavan to other um, places if you will or states of consciousness basically every place actually is speaking to us about the states of consciousness and well eventually we will get to this most sacred of sacred spots in no, but this will be for tomorrow. I don't know if tomorrow we will be able to meet to finish the whole Padeshambhrita; three verses remaining. But let's see. Ashramaraj, some words you can give us as a gift, please, so we can really close in an auspicious way the meeting. Padbakti by Ashramaraj,
2: Um, Well, one thing you um, kind of ended up uh, with one of the things that I had noticed um, about Srila Prabhupada's translation of verse 8. And that is that it seems to suggest that this is how you live in Vrindavan. The other translations, Srila Sridhar Maharaj, Srila they say you should live in Vrindavan and do this and that. Mm. And, and Prabhupada says you should do this and that. And, you, know, you should always chant and always remember to take shelter of, of uh, an advanced devotee. And in this way, you should live in Vrindavan. Mm. So, and, and you touched on that, which I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, two other things. Um, you mentioned uh, several times Kramena, Uh, that comes up in the verses but um, we see Srila Prabhupada's and Srila Sridhar Maharaj's commentaries on both verses rooting us really firmly in um, well in in approaching bhakti step by step and um, even in um, their commentaries on verse 8, Srila Sridhar Maharaj and Srila uh, Prabhupada, by citing Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, talk about um, being careful to approach bhakti through the stages, the natural stages as they are. And uh, so Srila Saraswati Thakur and Srila Sridhar Maharaj both talk about five stages of satana bhakti. Mm-hmm. Um, Shravanadasa ap- uh, Apanadasa, Sarana Dasa and and uh, was it Apanadasa. Mm-hmm. where so we go through these stages of sadhana bhakti and um, and also in both commentaries we see uh, references to the nine stages of bhakti from shraddha uh, to prema so there's uh, and th- this is pretty much what we'd expect to hear from Srila Sridhar Maharaj and Srila Prabhupada. Systematic, step-by-step approach. Srila Sridhar Maharaj says, we don't want any imitation mm. bhaktis. It's like he says the Krishna, I want to see a uh, mm. big price, mm. <laughs> not cheap. Um, so so I I really appreciated that. and And we're kind of... We're we're still kind of, we're still really looking at, at at Abhideya Tattva here, but in verse eight there's like a a glimpse, just a peek at Prayojana. You know, this mm-hmm. how, okay, you, you know, you live in Vrindavan, you chant Krishna's holy name. And about the chanting, I think in, in his commentaries on both verses, Shri Srila Sridhar, Sridhar Maharaj emphasizes Kirtan in verse 7 he emphasizes kirtan over japa
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, he says mm-hmm. because when we're chanting japa um, our mind can go all kinds of places um, but when we're chanting kirtan we're immersed and I heard Vyasakim make the same point once when he uh, was on the big island some years ago and he came to Hilo to chant uh, with the devotees who lived on that side of the island he was doing uh, kirtan presentations elsewhere on the island, but he came to Hilo one night just to uh, chant with the, the devotees who lived in East Hawaii, and um, and he made that point that you know when you're singing, you can't be thinking of, of of other things. Actually, I I'm very fortunate because I have that talent. I can go off somewhere and still stay singing. I've, I've Fortunate, I guess, um, or unfortunate, <laughs> um, but generally, that generally, it's it's a, it's an immersion. You know, I remember when I was a teenager, the closest thing I had to meditation was the singing that I did, and I was in several singing groups at school and in the choir at our church, and that was the closest I had to meditation because you have to be focused right there. And in verse 8, he talks about um, uh, kirtan's, um, kirtans uh, efficacy, even over smarna, mm-hmm.
1: um
2: for the same reason, because we're always always absorbed. So those are things that I um, really like, uh, you know, about Srila, especially Srila Prabhupada and Srila Sridhar Maharaj's um, comments um, on, on these two verses. It's, you know, don't you know, don't forget who you are. Don't forget where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know we're, we're starting to get a peak now of where we want to go, mm-hmm. but don't forget you. you, you got to get there step by step. You're not going to teleport. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. That technology um, hasn't been invented yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you any questions any mm-hmm. you have any doubts, commentaries
2: contributions
1: mm-hmm.
2: any other questions
0: <laughs> are no? She loved that key, that was one of her key that Mahaprabhu, he died. go, rather, mother, he died more